thanks so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our Connect card online at hopewintergarden.com. Just click on the I'm new tab or grab one at the info bar. Then stop by the info bar outside for your free gift. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If you are visiting with us today, don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give, there are a few different ways you could do that. You can give online at hopewintergarden.com. You can text an amount to 84321, or you can drop your gift in the boxes located in the back of the auditorium. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. Now, we wanna make sure you are up to date on all that is happening here at Hope Church for you and your family. Check out this week's Hope Happenings. Mark your calendars for Hope Church Family Movie Night featurette of The Polar Express. This will be happening at West Oaks Mall AMC Theater December 21st at 6.30 p.m. You can buy tickets and register online at hopewintergarden.com events. Join us this Thursday night for Christmas Eve at Hope Church. There will be two services, one at 5 p.m. and the other at 6 p.m. There will be a candlelight, Christmas music, hot cocoa and coffee bar, a photo booth, and so much more. Parents, this is a family service, so there will be no child care provided. However, we will have a special reading of the Christmas story during the service, so children are more than welcome to join us. It's going to be a wonderful night. Lastly, join us for Church at Home on December 27th. There will be no in-person services, but you can feel free to tune in at 9 and 1030 on YouTube and Facebook. Cuddle up on the couch, and we're going to have church together from home. And we will see you back in person in the new year. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at hopewintergarden.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We believe the best is yet to come, and our hope is that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Welcome to Hope Church and, uh, and welcome to our week two in our series, The Stories of Christmas, right? Last week, Pastor Wes, he spoke to us about the reason for Christmas. Today, we're going to look at the response to Christmas. So if you've got your Bible apps, turn to Matthew chapter two. As you turn there, I want to ask, show of hands, how many of you have already engaged today in social media? Let's see some hands. Yeah, quite a few of us have, right? Maybe you've responded to a friend or, or maybe you uh, posted something this morning or last night and you've been checking who's responding to you, right? Hey, you know, our loved ones, they love when we respond to them on social media, right? And you know, there are large corporations, large enterprises spending millions of dollars in order to track and monitor our responses. Hey, you know what? They're using complex algorithms and sophisticated psychological techniques in order to to influence our selections in order to get us to click here, right? 
So, yeah, so our families and friends, they love our responses. For corporations, our responses are very valuable. But you know what? There's no greater, more important response that we'll ever have than our response to Jesus. That, that response is going to affect eternity. So, so let's look. Matthew chapter 2. Let's start right there. In verse 1, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About, the time, about that time, some wise men from east, eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we came to worship him. Three things we see right away. Three things right in two verses. We see a, a, a notification, responders, and a response. A notification, responders, and response. Wh where do we see a notification? It says we saw his star as it rose. His star. Whose star? Jesus' star. The star of Bethlehem, right? And many believe that this is the star that was prophesied in Numbers 24-7. A star will rise out of Jacob. So, you know, a lot of us, when we're on, on social media, sometimes we'll send a message to an individual, right? A messenger, maybe an individual or a small group. Sometimes, right, on our social media settings, we have it so only our friends and family can see it. Some of you, right, some of you are influencers, and you're, you're reaching everybody, right? You, maybe someone clear across the world respond to your social media posts. Why? Because you're notifying everyone. Same with God, you know. Sometimes God, sometimes he's sending you a personal notification just to you. Sometimes he's sending it to a group of us. Sometimes he's sending a message just for Hope Church or maybe for all Christians. Sometimes like this, he's sending a notification to everybody. There was a star in the constellations, in the galaxies, up in the heavens. Everyone in the entire world could see this star. Very interesting. God was sending a notification for everyone. But you know what? It seems like there were just a few who recognized that notification. There were only a few who responded. You know what that tells me? That tells me that these people, they were watching and waiting for the notification. Some of you are watching right now on Facebook Live. You know, sometimes I'm home, right? Maybe I'm not, I'm not feeling well, and I'm waiting for the service to start, right? I'm waiting for the notification. Pastor West did 21 days of prayer during uh, COVID. There were a lot of nights when he was coming on at 7 o'clock, and I'd be looking, it'd be like 7.01. I'm like, Jenny, did you get the notification? I didn't get the notification. You freak out, right? Because why? Because you're waiting for the notification. You know, these folks, they were waiting for the no Who are these responders who were waiting for a notification? It says some wise men from eastern lands. So a lot of theologians believe these men were from either Arabia, Persia, maybe Mesopotamia. These were lands, empires, maybe from four to 700 miles east of Jerusalem. Why do they think they were in that area? <laughs> the reason being is because of the, words that, that's the word that's used here, wise men. They were referred to as wise men. In the Greek, that word is magos. You and I are probably more familiar with the plural version, magi, right? How many of you have heard of magi? These were magi, yes. They, that's where we get the word magician from, magi. So what's, what's, what's with this word, right? Actually, this word originated and was used by the Babylonians, Medes, and Persians to describe teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, magicians, and interpreters of dreams, just like Daniel. Do you remember Daniel? He's in the Old Testament, and uh, the, the Babylonians come and they conquer Israel, and they destroy Jerusalem, and they destroy the temple, and they take many people captive, including Daniel. They take Daniel to, that, to, to Babylonia, and King Nebuchadnezzar at one time, he has this dream, 
and he's very troubled. And he asks for someone to come and give him his dream and his, the interpretation of his dream. And he calls all his magi, all his wise men. None of them could interpret the dream. You know who could interpret the dream? Daniel. Daniel was a magi. He was a wise man in King Nebuchadnezzar's court. As a matter of fact, Daniel gave a prophecy of the exact time that the Messiah was coming. Yes, in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel said, hey, there's going to be a decree to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. When the decree is given to rebuild Jerusalem, that's the start of the timeline. And then there's going to be 69 weeks, 69 seven-year periods, 483 years. After 483 years, the Messiah will be on the scene. Now, these magi, these are generations after Daniel, but they're in the same lands, the same country, same culture. Was it, had, had, had the stories from Daniel been passed along generations to generations to where these magi were waiting and watching 483 years for God's notification? I don't know. There were, there were a scripture left behind in Persia. Were these men studying the scriptures and seeing when God would come and realizing the timeline and waiting for the star? I don't know. Maybe they had extra biblical revelation. Maybe had, they, they had visions and dreams. And maybe God spoke to them so that they would know to wait for that star. We don't know how they know, but we know this. They were watching and waiting for that notification. Very interesting. And so the, the other thing we see here, and then they traveled, of course, 400 to 700 miles so th it was a few months after Jesus' birth that they arrived on the scene. And then we see their response. It says, we have come to worship him. Very interesting. They came to worship him. They came, they came to see the king. You know, there's a lot of things you do when you see a king. You give him honor. You pay tribute. You form alliances. But I got news for you. You don't worship a king. You worship God. See, they knew who this was. There was a king already there, right? Uh, Herod. Did they come to visit Herod? No. Did they come to worship Herod? No. They came to worship Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the Savior. He was the, the God in flesh, the Son of God, come to save us. So let's look at verse 3. It says, Then King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. It's very interesting, right? Herod was disturbed. It's not, it's not uh, unusual to think that Herod would be disturbed, right? Here's the king, and these people come, and they say, where's the king? And he's like, I'm the king. And they said, no, no, where's the new king, the rightful king, the real king? So, yeah, that's going to trouble him, right? You've seen uh, uh, movies of, of in those ancient times, Game of Thrones, right? What do you want to do when someone challenges your kingdom? You want to kill them. So, you know what happened is, is Herod was a counterfeit king. Herod was not even Jewish. He was an Edomite. He was from, the, from Esau, not from Jacob, Israel. So how did he become king? He was appointed king by, of, of Judea by Caesar Augustus and the Roman Senate. So at this point, the Romans are in control of, of Jerusalem, in control of Israel, and they send a puppet king to, to keep control there. You know, counterfeits look like the real thing, don't they? Counterfeits look like the real thing. Once when I was in China on business, I bought myself a Rolex watch, 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, shortly after that, Jenny, she had her family members over. We were in Connecticut. They came from, from, from Brooklyn. And her cousin, her cousin's husband was there, and he had a real Rolex watch, $5,000 watch. He's, uh, he's in construction, if you know what I mean. So, so, anyway, so anyway, I asked him, how much did that watch cost you? He said $5,000. I said, I think I have the same watch. It cost me 50 bucks. I go to my bedroom. I get my watch. It happens to be the identical model. 
the same model. So now his brother-in-law grabs both his watch and my watch. He's looking at him. He's like, dude, they're exact. They got the same seal. You cannot tell the difference. Now this guy's getting nervous. Which is mine? Don't confuse him. He didn't want him getting mixed up. You know the only difference between his watch and mine is in three months, my watch no longer worked. Why? Because mine was a piece of junk, right? It was a counterfeit. Yeah, counterfeits look real. You know, you ever get a message from someone you think it's your cousin or you think it's your friend or your family member, right? They send you a message. I'm like, hey, check out this video. And you click that video, and it's not a video. So you just got fished, right? Somebody's looking to get your data. Why? Because counterfeits look real. Counterfeits look real. You know what? There are plenty of counterfeits in this world trying to get your attention. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. You know what Jesus is saying? He says, you got an emptiness. You got a need. And only I could fulfill it. You know, there's all kinds of people looking to fill it with counterfeits. Man, they're looking for riches or fame or, or position, relationships. They're trying to fill that emptiness with all kinds of things. You'll never fill it with a counterfeit. The only thing you could fill it with is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's, it's interesting. Not only was Herod disturbed, it says, as everyone in Jerusalem. Everyone in Jerusalem was disturbed. Why? It makes no sense. Here are the people of God, the Israelites. These men come and say, hey, where's the Messiah? The Messiah is here, the king. And they're disturbed. Why? They should be excited. They should be, hey, we're waiting. You know, why, why were they, why were they um, disturbed? The word disturbed in the Greek is it's, um, uh, terasso, and it means disturbed, troubled, anxious, distressed. You know what it sounds a lot like to me? It sounds a lot like FOMO, right? With fear of missing out. You know, you, you see a post and you realize all your friends are somewhere. They're all gathered at the ice cream shop getting together. And you're like, man, I missed out. I hate when that happens, right? I hate when that happens. Hey, I got news for you. You do not want to miss out when God sends you a notification. Hey, you do not want to miss out when God sends you a notification. There's plenty of stories in the Bible of people who missed out. You know, Jesus gave a, a, a story and he said there was this, this man and he was a father of a bridegroom. The bridegroom was going to get married. And you know what this father did? He sent out message to everyone, his friends, his family, important people in the, in, in the city. And he said, hey, my son's getting married. I'm inviting you to the wedding. I'm preparing. As soon as it's prepared, I'm going to let you know so that you could come to the feast, to the celebration. And then the time came when it was ready, the feast and the celebration. And he said he sent his servants out to tell these people, hey, come. And his servants came back with no one. And he said, where is everybody? The servants said, they're busy. Some are out there, you know, on their business. Others are working on their farms. And it says that this, this, this man was very upset. And he said, you know what? I want you to go out to the highways and the byways, wherever you can. Invite anybody who would come. And they filled the place full of people who were part of the celebration. They enjoyed the, the feast and the festivities. You know who missed out? The people who were originally invited. Hey, I'll tell you what, you don't want to miss out when, when, you, when God sends you a notification. Let's go on. It says in, in verse 4, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? So here they asked him, hey, where's the king? See, he knew who they were asking about. He said, he, now he's asking the religious leaders, where's the Messiah? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities in Judah, for a ruler 
will come from you who will be the, the shepherd of, for all my, all my people Israel. So they, they went to the scriptures, they went to the Bible to find out where the Messiah was. You know, the, these, these, these men from the east, they used common sense. They used rationale, right? They knew. They saw the sign. They knew the, the king was born. And so where are they going to go see? They go, Let's go look for the king. Well, he's got to be in the capital, right? He's got to be in Jerusalem. That's the capital, right? So they use common sense. They get to Jerusalem. They say, where could he be? Well, he's got to be in the king's palace. So that's why they go to see Herod because they think that's where the king is. But, you know, they were misinformed. You know how they got the right information? They had to go to the word of truth. They had to go to the Bible. You know, uh, you know they, I, I'm, I have people today I love, respect. I think they're very, very smart people. And they're in two camps. You know, some are way over here and some are way over there. And these guys, they're saying, you see this thing? This is the truth. And these people are saying, nope, that's fake news. And then I say, these people, you know what? They say, this is the truth. And these people say, no, that's a lie. And you know why? You know why they are such opposite sides? Because of the sources they're going to. The sources they're going to are leading them in this direction. These people, their sources are leading them in this direction. And you know the, you know the Facebook and, 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 and YouTube algorithms? They, they determine what you and I like to hear. And they feed us more and more until we go further and further and further. And all of a sudden, we're far away from what used to be our friends and family. You know why? It's because of the sources. A message is only as reliable as the source. And the only thing you can trust, you can trust the word of God. Man, if these people tell me this is true, if it says it in the Bible, I'll believe it. You know, that's where you're going to find the truth, in the word of God. You know, never before have we had so much information available to us. You know, I grew up a kid looking at encyclopedias. I never in my wildest dreams thought that we would have such a device that in seconds we could pull out of our pocket and find out all kinds of information, any question I want to ask. And yet we have never had so much misinformation in history as we do today. You know why? Because we're getting away from the word of God. If you want the truth, you got to go to the word of God. Then it says in verse 7, then Herod called a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star was, would first appear. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I could go and worship him too. Did he want to worship them? No. He wanted to kill him. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem, and it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Wow. The very star that they had seen from 700 miles away, up in the galaxies, up in the, in the heavens, that star began to guide them. Very interesting. You know, there's all kinds of theories on, on the star of Bethlehem. You know, tomorrow, December 21st, is going to be a great conjunction. Saturn and Jupiter are going to line up. They're going to be closer than they've been in like 800 years. I understand it's going to be a very bright light. My wife can't wait to go out and try and find it. Good luck. I hope she finds it. But, but you know, back in those days, I'm told, I'm told that there was a, a triple conjunction. Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars aligned. And many believe that that was the star of Bethlehem, this, this event that rarely happens. You know, there's all kinds of theories, comets, supernovas, all kinds of things. But you know what? 
This was not a natural event. This wasn't a natural star. This wasn't something that happened. This was supernatural. How do I know? Because now the star that they had seen in the galaxies is in the lower atmosphere. It's actually guiding them. They're following it. And, and it's turning, and eventually it comes over a house and stops at a house where Jesus is. That's supernatural. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. You know what? The Holy Spirit is directing you to Jesus. That's right. It's the Holy Spirit that's directing you to Jesus. How do I know the Holy Spirit's directing you? It says in 2 Peter 3, 9, God does not want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to repent. God wants everyone to have a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. God wants you to be saved. He wants you to know him. And maybe you have felt a pull, a tug. You know, maybe there are circumstances occurring in your life, people that God have brought into your life just so that you could come to know Jesus. Maybe the fact that you're sitting here right now, the circumstances that brought you here were God arranging things through the Holy Spirit so that you would be here and hear his notifications personally to you. I don't know. You know, I heard once a pastor, he gave a message. He was a pastor of a, of a, a church in, in a big city. And um, he was traveling through the city. He was going to a hospital to see one of the members of his church. And while he was driving, he passed a, a, a bus stop with a man in a bus stop. And he started to sense that God was telling him to go speak to that man. And, you know, just like us, right, he started questioning it. Is this really God? I, you know, am I just make, making this up? And he said, there's nowhere to park in the city. How could I even talk to him? He said he turned back and he said, Lord, if this is from you, let me have a parking spot right there. He said as he was pulling up to the bus stop, the car right in front of the bus stop pulled out. He pulled into that spot. There was even time on the meter. He didn't even have to put money in the meter. He got out. He took a track and he, and he brought it to that man. And he said, hey, if I tell you how to know God, would you be willing to listen? He said, that man said, yes, tell me. He began to tell him about Jesus as he's telling him the bus came. He said, I, I guess you got to take the bus. Why don't you take this, read this, and you can learn about God. And he said, no, 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 let that bus go. I want to hear this. And, and, and he told them about Jesus, and he told them how to be born again and to receive Christ. And the guy gets saved right there. Later on, he finds out this man was a Muslim. He had he'd come to the point where he no longer believed in Allah. He said, you know, Allah, I don't believe you exist. He said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. He said, at that moment when I prayed that prayer, you pulled out of that car and asked me if I wanted to know God. You know, that, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just working in them. He's working in you and me. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that's directing you to Jesus. It says then in, 11, in verse 11, they entered into the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And they opened up the treasure chest and gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's so much here. You could spend the whole message just preaching about this. So many layers. But just in general, just kind of basics. Gold is what you give a king. Gold is a, is a gift you give a king. In 1 Kings 10, it says that Solomon used to receive every year like 25 tons of gold, over a billion dollars of gold from other countries that would come to give him a gift of gold. Gold is what you give a king. Frankincense, that's a resin that you would put in the offerings, the burnt offerings in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, in the temple. You would, you would put that in, in there and offer it to God, and it said it would be a sweet fragrance to God. You see, frankincense shows that Jesus is our priest. He's not only our king, 
He's, he's our mediator. He's, he's the one who opens the door for us to, to come into the, into the presence of God. And then the myrrh. Myrrh is an embalming uh, material. So when, when, when Jesus died on the cross, it says that Joseph of Arimathea and, and Nicodemus, they came and they brought down the, the, the body and they prepared it with myrrh and aloe. You know why? Because Jesus is not only king. He's not only the priest. He's also the savior. He's the sacrifice. He was going to die for your sins and mine. He's the lamb of God. And then lastly, in, second, in, second, uh, in verse 12, it says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. They had come, they had experienced Jesus, they had developed a relationship with him. It's time to leave, and the Holy Spirit leads them in a different direction than they anticipated. Hey, you know what? A proper response to Jesus will result in an altered path. A proper response to Jesus will result in an altered path. Second Corinthians says, for those of you who belong, who belong to Christ have become a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. You know, maybe you've been born again. Maybe you've received that notification and, you, and you've accepted God. And, and God now, he has another path for you. But you're still stuck on an old path. And maybe it's time for you today to say, hey, God, I know. You know, I used to go to church where they used to tell you from the pulpit what was right and wrong. Hey, don't wear this. You can't go there. These are the people you should be with. Hey, I don't have to tell you why. Because if you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's telling you what to do and what not to do. He's telling you where to go and what, where not to go. It's time for you to follow. It's time for you to follow. Hey, I remember one time in college, we went on a dude ranch to a dude ranch on a trip, and we were riding horseback riding. All these city slickers on horses, like 30 of us lined up. And they said, hey, you don't have to do anything. The horses follow them, follow the horse ahead of them. And there was a guy leading the trail, and we were just following. And you know me being the knucklehead that I am, I decided to get off that trail and get on this trail. So I pulled my horse, and I got on another trail, and right away I realized I was in trouble. All of a sudden I started hitting branches and, and shrubs, and I started getting all scratched up and ripping my clothes. And eventually I, I got the horse back on the, on the right path. But you know what happened when I turned around? All the horses behind me followed me. You know, for two weeks, those kids were, were cursing at me, showing me, showing me their scratches. You know what? When you get off God's road, when you get off God's path, it's not going to only be painful to you. It's going to be painful to others. Your family, your friends, they're going to have pain too. No, maybe it's time for you to get on that path that God has for you. You know, there's a, there's a Bible word, repent. Repent is where it's a change of direction. You're going in one direction, and you turn around and you change your direction. Maybe it's time for some of us to repent. Hey, you know what? We preach the word of God. We, we heard about Jesus, his birth, his life, his, his, his death and resurrection. Maybe it's time for a response. You know, there's different kinds of responses you can have today. Some of you, some of you need to press that subscribe button. You, you, maybe now, maybe you're like the people in Jerusalem where now you're starting to notice that you've been getting some notifications. You're starting to realize that maybe God put people in your life, circumstances, all to notify you so that you could become a child of God. Maybe for you it's time to press that subscribe button to know God. Some of us here, maybe you're good. You've been born again. Maybe you've been, maybe you received Jesus a few months ago, maybe many years ago, but he was calling you on a different track on a different path than you've been on. And it's time for you to press the follow button, right? It's time for you to get off the path you're on, to, to find freedom and discover your purpose. God's got a calling for you, and it's time for you to get on that road and get to where God called you. 
And you know, maybe you're here and you're good. You've been saved. You've been changed. You're, you're in dream team. You're serving God. And you know what every one of us could do today? Every one of us can press that share button. Press that share button to, to make a difference, to pass along the notifications that we receive, to pass them along to people who have not yet received them so that they could also hear and receive the word of God. Hey, we preach the word. Is it time for you to respond? Hey, everybody, head bowed, every eye closed. I want to speak to you. If maybe you have not subscribed, maybe you, maybe just now you're starting to see the, the way God has been working in your life, the people he's brought in your life, the circumstances, maybe even the fact that you're sitting here is all God appointed just for you because he wants you to be in his family. If that's you, maybe you're, maybe you're not sure. Maybe you say, I think I might be part of God's family, but I'm not sure. And maybe you say, hey, you know what? Today, I want to be sure. I want to know for sure. Then pray with me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I know I've sinned against you. The Bible says that sin separates us from you, Lord. But I don't want to be separated anymore. I believe with all my heart that Jesus came. He was born as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died and rose again, and he paid for my sins. Lord, I accept that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, to come into my heart, and right now save me and to make me part of your family. Amen. Hey, with every head bowed, every eye still closed, is there anyone who says, hey, I prayed that prayer. I just asked Jesus to come into my life. Anyone at all? Amen. I see that. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hey. Maybe you're here and you're good. You've been born again, but it's time for you to get on another road. Maybe it's time for you to, to find freedom. Maybe it's time for you to discover a purpose. Maybe it's time for you to share. Hey, you know what you need to do. Hey, every, everyone open, eyes open. Hey, thank you. I love you. Praise God for you all. Amen. Come on, let's worship together. Praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Join 
more time, church. our prayer this week. God, would you be magnified every morning of every day? God, would we not get lost up in the presence and in the, the meals and in the family time, but would you be magnified this week, this moment? God, we thank you that we were able to come and just worship you today. God, we give you the rest of 2020, and we thank you for what you're going to do already in 2021. God, I thank you so much for Hope Church and for everyone, God, who's here today. God, we love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you'll join us tomorrow night for movie night, and we'll see you online next Sunday. Merry Christmas.